We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kevin Coe, is Notre Dame's willingness to get and pay coordinators this year in comparison to past years a direct result of bringing in more money through the new NBC Under Armour deals and can afford it? Well, number one, Notre Dame could always afford it, Kevin, always. But number two, to his point, Ryan, you can't ignore the fact that Notre Dame has a lot more money flowing into the school from athletics than they did a year ago. Well, actually, it hasn't started yet. It doesn't start till next year. Because none of the new deals are in effect, but it's because now here's the thing. We don't know how much they got in the TV deal, but I do know it's more than what they have. Now there's been some reports that it's 50 million from NBC, which some people are like, well, that's not a huge amount. Yeah, it is. Cause you're also getting 15 from ESPN for the ACC. That's 65 million. Ryan, they were making 26 this past year in TV money between the two 26 to 65. I don't think you taught math, right? Weren't you a, what were you? Were I, you I taught math? math one year. I taught math okay, one, one year. year. Yeah. You're not a yeah. mathematician. I'm not a mathematician. No. We can yeah. both in our heads say that's a big jump in money. It's almost that's 39 million a year. And then yeah. that doesn't even include that you've got a bigger apparel deal now than you did then. I don't think that that is, that is compl- to be ignored about why Notre Dame has more of a willingness to spend more money on coaches. I think that is part of it. I do. Sure. You have bigger deals now. You have over four, when you include the, the merchandise deal, you're over 40 million a year more than what you were making. Some of that is going to get reinvested into the school and other sports, but some of that, it would seem, is being reinvested back into the football program. I don't think it's a coincidence that this happened in the year where the, the same period of time where Notre Dame signed the new apparel deal and the in the the extension with NBC. I think yeah. it'd be foolish to just to say that had no in, no impact at all. Is it the only reason they're willing to spend money? I don't think it's the only reason, but certainly the budget changed now that you're going to be plus 40 million per year in revenue from those deals. Guaranteed revenue. I, I certainly think that factors into it. No question about yeah. it. And I'm glad. I'm glad to see Notre Dame. Okay, we've got these new deals. Let's make sure we're investing in these programs because they're they, you got to hope that with Pete Pavak will coming along 
He's a TV guy. He understands the better the product, the more money we make. Right. So if if we're if we can spend if we spend let's say fifteen more million dollars this year on you know the football program than we did before, the football program is going to have a chance to be better and better and better. So in five years, when we're renegotiating this deal, we've got playoff teams, national title. Like, do you guys understand how much money Notre Dame will demand in their next TV deal in five years if they've got like four playoff appearances and a national title under their belt and Marcus Freeman is still here? Like, do you guys understand what they will be able to demand? It's going to be, I mean, so it, so that's the thing is like, if we invest some of this money now, Boy, we're going to be able to get even more back if it's if it works, and that's the. Yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do, man. You you got to spend money to make money. You know, I mean, that's just the reality of of, of a lot of of a lot of industries, and and sports is one of them. Well, the opinion. more money you have in your pocket, too, which means the more comfortable you are to potentially spend that money, right? right. Like you're not going to spend money to make things tighter if it doesn't that's make right. sense financially. Or I'm not going to spend money I don't have. I would yeah. love to be able to go out and hire four or five different people, but I don't have money to to pay those people. Right. I mean, you have to have it, but if you have it and you're willing to invest in, in the right resources, it can, it can win for you. So yes, but, but trust me guys, Notre Dame never had a, a, a shortage of money that they could have invested in the football program, but now it's harder to deny that money to the football program because the only reason you got that money is because of the football program. So good question, Kevin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. E.K. Irish 717, do you think Marcus Freeman will be given as much time to win a national championship as Jim Harbaugh was given? Depends if the trajectory is going in the right direction. I mean, part of the reason Jim Harbaugh was given as much time as he had is because he was a Michigan alum. Let's not ignore that. Marcus Freeman's not. But Jim Harbaugh also had a lot of really good seasons at Michigan. You know, were were they national title contenders? I mean, sort of. I mean, I mean, if they, they made would the have Ohio the year State, before, yeah. I mean, and if they would have, if they would have made, you know, I'm, like if you look at the the first run, right? Like, 
why didn't he get fired after 2020? Because he had earned enough, you know, credibility to be okay, right? I mean, you're talking yeah. about a team that in four of the five years before that disaster had finished in the top 20. They'd had a top 10 finish, you know, in 2018. You know, they, they're they 10-1, and one and and people think they should be a playoff team, and then they lose to Ohio State. Yeah, they got their butts kicked, but it's like they were still the number four team in the country at that time. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he had some good years. I mean, 10-3, and 10-3, and 8-5, and 10-3, and um, 9-4. You know, he had had some success, of course, not beating, you know, Michigan or beating Ohio State and all that, but, but he was a little bit on the hot seat coming into 2021. That can't be ignored. But – that's why he got that much time to to turn it around is because he had laid a good foundation early in his tenure yep. that, I mean, look, even though they were 10 and three and they weren't competing for titles, Ryan, they were still so much better than they were before. I was going to say they were in a bad situation before yeah. Harbaugh got there because I mean, Notre, Notre Dame wasn't in a terrible situation right. before Freeman right. got there. So, yeah. So he's going to have to show that there's progression. Like if in quicker. year four, they're just continually going down like this. They're eight and four, nine and three, maybe a ten and two mix in there. You know, maybe he doesn't get the time. But right now, even though the progression isn't what we had hoped it would be, it's still progression, and that's going to yeah. be the key. Is he's going to have to continue to show we're getting closer and closer and closer, and that's going to be right. the key. Well, I, cer- I certainly hope he wins his national championship before Harbaugh did in his tenure, but we we yeah. shall see. We shall see. We had seven mules mailbag. Is this a concern? Nick Saban knew was coming with Freeman or the guy that got it right. Notre Dame caused this wait, some, right I'm at sorry. Notre Dame, yeah. right at Notre Dame. Cause this is about to become something of anyone of these other programs can't touch. Well, I think they can touch it. It's just a lot harder. Like, look, Nick Saban's been around for a long time. Nick Saban knows what Notre Dame can be. If they do it right, I promise you that he understands it. He's seen it. I mean, when you think about how long he's been around, there are yep. coaches in the South and I don't know if the younger coaches, like, I don't know if Billy Napier has the same awareness of it as maybe some other coaches do, but guys like Steve Spurrier, Bobby Bowden nowadays, like, you know, Kirby smart, I'm pretty sure is aware of this based on some things we hear about the things he says about Notre Dame. And I know Nick Saban's aware of it. I know Steve Sarkeesian's aware of it. These guys know, because they've had to recruit against Notre Dame in the past. Sark did it as an assistant coach. He did it as the head coach at USC and at Washington. They know that when Notre Dame is good and Notre Dame has put kids in the NFL, that they're a force to be reckoned with. Because they know there's nothing we can do to compete with them in these areas. So we have to be better than them at football. I've said this before, Ryan. I mean, I started covering recruiting, like really getting involved in recruits and talking to recruits back in 2010. And it would be wild when I talked to a kid who was getting recruited by Notre Dame, Florida, and Florida State back then, because you would have Florida and Florida State both negatively recruiting against Notre Dame. It's like they would have preferred that the kid went to the other Florida school than go to Notre Dame, because the last thing they wanted to have happen was a kid from Florida go up to Notre Dame, be successful, be a first-round draft pick, and now they got to deal with that, right? I mean, that's that's what they they, – they, would I say fear it? No. They just know that it would hurt them, and they don't want that to happen. Right. And and so because they'll still win plenty of battles, but Notre Dame's going to start picking like Lou did. I mean, Lou could go anywhere and take top kids when they started winning. Like Notre Dame became an untouchable force on the recruiting trail 
once they won that title in 88. I mean, guys, go back and read any four straight number one recruiting classes. Think about that. And they were getting kids from, I mean, they were getting more Pennsylvania and Illinois kids because the Michigan kids, because there was more talent in those areas back then. But they were going to, Derek Brown was from Florida. They were getting kids from all over the place. Georgia, Texas. I mean, um, you know, they, they were always that force. And so when they're winning, teams know it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think there's an awareness of, of who Marcus Freeman is. And there's a fine line you have to, you have to tow because kids like him. And so when you negatively recruit him, Ryan, you got to be careful not to make it personal. You know, you can yeah. point out as an experience and then how tough it is in Notre Dame, but you can't be like, ah, that guy's not going to win in Notre Dame. You got to be real careful with that. And if he does go out and win, that's what was so frustrating about the Ohio State game this year. Because it's like, dude, that was your chance to kind of get that big name win to kind of show people like, yeah. dude, I can, I can coach. I can't, I'm just not just a recruiter. I'm a coach. I can coach too. And now yeah. we're still waiting on that win. And hopefully you can get a couple of those next year. But, you know, yeah, you so, beat Lincoln Riley USC, but you you ended up that that lo- that win lost some of its shine when USC imploded down the stretch, right? You started so, that implosion though, man. You, you started did? the no, implosion. No doubt. You lit the match. No you doubt. lit the match. No doubt. They took that team's soul that night. There's no doubt. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Arrow 520, thank you so much. Can you talk about the improvements regarding strength and conditioning, specifically the improvements the new strength and conditioning strength and conditioning coach requested i i I don't know the specifics of it so i don't want to give specifics all i know what i was told very generally was there is likely to be an expanded strength staff there's likely to be an even greater commitment which they've already started to do to you know nutrition and things along those lines because any good strength coach is going to fight for the best nutrition and, you know, taking care of players meals wise and all that kind of stuff as possible. Uh, not just meals, but also, you know, like supplements and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, because that's an important part of recovery as well. And then there's going to be a modern, I was told there's going to be a modernization of the equipment. And I mean, you hear some of these stories about some of the, you know, the, the, the computers that are connected to a lot of these machines. Some people were talking about in the chat earlier, like Notre Dame is still very much old school in a lot of those type of things. And that's okay. I mean, that works too. But Marcus Freeman wants to be more modernized. And, and Lauren Landau doesn't come to Notre Dame if there's not some commitment to improving the specific facilities. I My, my understanding, again, I, this is just kind of heard from someone who heard, so I'm just being fair, that part of the conversation was he's under, he, he is aware that there's going to be pretty big renovations coming to the Goog the next couple of years. That's going to include an expansion and a modernization of what he has and tools to work with on top of the stuff. I mean, cause there's some stuff you can do just right now, Ryan, you can replace that thing with that thing. But there's also a thing where like, well, you need more room for certain things. Or you need a restructured type of strength program for certain things. And that, that may take more of the renovation time, but I was told that there's a full commitment to making those things happen. And that's also something that you have a better chance of committing to because you're plus 40 and annual revenue coming down the pike. I mean, that's that's another area where you're more comfortable making those commitments because of that revenue. But you also have a, a commitment from the the money people in Notre Dame saying, you never have to, you're never in need. You just have to ask and, and tell us why and explain to us why this is going to make the program better and we'll do what we need to do to help you out. I mean, I, I told you when the whole Ludwig thing happened, I had a couple donors are like, dude, that th- th- there's nothing, Notre Dame could, had no issue affording that. Like they know, they needed that they could have called us. We'd have had that money raised in five minutes. I mean, that's just not even a debate. 
It's about whether or not you are willing to spend that money because you can right. only go to the donors for so much. And the more money you got coming in from TV revenue means I can ask the donors for, Hey, we need this upgrades to the science building. Well, what about football? Football's fine. They're getting $45 million a year more and you know, this revenue. So they're being taken care of and we're averting, you know, putting more of those source resources to that. But, uh, it's all kind of part of it, Ryan. But yeah, there's going to be, I just don't want to get into specifics because I haven't been really told specifics by anyone that I think is close enough to the negotiations to, to know that what they're telling me is spot on. But I, I can comfortably say there will be upgrades to staff size, nutrition aspect, and a modernization of the strength program in a lot of ways, which is a good thing in my opinion. Yep. We had Math, um, Matt the Rug with the question. Thank you so much. The thing that worries me is the guys who are currently on the team haven't been there. Washington was a team who was clearly the mo- moment was too big for them. I mean, that was Michigan's first national championship game too, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know that so. losing two playoff games to Georgia and TCU necessarily gets you prepared yeah. to beat Bam in the Rose Bowl or beat right. Washington in the national title game. What literally what Washington st- has many playoff wins as Michigan over the last couple of years. So right. And yeah. and and here's the other thing too, Ryan. I think what helps Michigan and what would help Notre Dame is they've been on the big stage before. And you could argue have the Pac 12 teams really been on that stage? Because again, Washington, Oregon is a great game. It doesn't have the national flair of Bama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's you know, it's Pack 12 after dark and all. I mean, when, when you're Notre Dame and you're playing at Ohio State and at Texas A&M and, you know, all these big games, you're these moments are kind of like, that's kind of what we deal with on a daily basis. I You know, I, I've never felt sure. like the Notre Dame teams that have been to the playoff were ever overcome by the moment. I think their coaches were at times. Yeah. And I think in other cases, that, that Bama 2020s had way better players. I don't care how prepared for the moment Notre Dame was. They still had Clarence Lewis trying to cover Devontae Smith. That I don't care how prepared for the moment you are. You're still losing that battle. You know what I mean? It still was Mac yeah. Jones versus Ian Book. I, I don't care. Ian Book guys have played in a, a, a ton of huge games at Notre Dame, including a playoff game, ACC title game. Didn't matter. He wasn't as good as Mac Jones, and that team wasn't as good as, as, as Alabama's. So, I mean, that's the thing is like Notre Dame plays on those stages constantly. Is it bigger in the Rose Bowl for the title? Of course it's bigger, but it's just not the jump that people think it is. I think the reason – I don't think the moment was too big for Washington. I think Michigan was too good for Washington, the way the game played out. I mean, that's – last night, Michigan was the better team. They could do things to Washington that other teams couldn't do. I mean, the moment didn't look too – like, if the moment was too big for them, Ryan, it would have showed up last week against Texas, in my opinion. I thought both of those teams were prepared for the moment last week. I thought all four teams looked prepared for the moment. And we've seen yeah. teams where the moment was too big for them. We've seen that. I think kind of Cincinnati a couple of years ago was like, okay, they're, they're, this isn't – you know. I, I just think – Washington was better than Texas. And then last night, Michigan was better than Washington. I mean, it just, I, I think sometimes it's that simple. I, I, I didn't, I didn't think anything that happened last night was a, the moment was too big for them situation. I yep. just think Michigan, Agreed. I think Penix is off and Michigan was better. Yep. Uh, it's as simple yep. as that. We don't need to overthink it too much. Yeah. 
Uh, J- my guy Jason said uh, Penix got spooked early. No, I think he just got beat up early. Is what happened to right. Penix? But right. for conversation, because when you when it. you get when you, look as a quarterback, Ryan, when you lose your rhythm and and you start, you're I've said this a million times. When your internal hurt. clock gets sped up, it's hard to slow it down. I don't care if you're. I mean, we've seen it happen to Peyton Manning. We I've seen it happen to Tom Brady in the playoffs against the Broncos after had already won multiple championships. And I've seen his internal his internal clock get sped up to where he'd make mistakes. Like the 15 when the Broncos beat them, he throws that pick to Von Miller. Didn't see him. Why? Because the Broncos had been – DeMarcus Ware, they'd been pressuring him all game, and his internal clock was sped up. That's one of the greatest to ever play the game. Some people will say the greatest to ever play the game. And he was many years, a decade into his career. And that can happen to him. I've seen it happen to Peyton Manning against the Seahawks two years before. It happened to Peyton Manning. Who had just set the all-time, you know, touchdown record in the season and all this kind of stuff? You got to the Super Bowl and was the moment too big for Peyton Manning? No, he'd already won a no. Super Bowl. The Seahawks were too good for that Broncos team. That's that night, the Seahawks just overwhelmed the Broncos offense. It just happens. It doesn't mean the moment was too big. It just means that team was way better than that. Was was John Elway the moment too big for him against the Giants? No, it's just the Giants were way better than the Broncos in, in 1986. Same thing, you know, with the Redskins and the Niners and all that. I mean, were the Broncos spooked when they lost to the Niners 55 to 10? Was the moment too big? No, they played two Super Bowls in the previous three years. It's just that team was freaking way better than the team they had. That was the sure. difference. And I just think I just think Michigan was the better team. I, I the game plan was great. I mean, sometimes as much as it makes me want to throw up to do it, is you sometimes you gotta tip your cap and say, they did a heck of a job. They outplayed us, they kicked our butts, they outcoached us, whatever the case may be. And Michigan had a great game plan last night, and the mat they they were able to win some matchups that they had to win or at least hold their own against on the perimeter in order to be able to win. And because you kept, I just kept waiting on that big pass play from Washington. And when JJ McCarthy, who I think is a very mediocre player, but when he needed to make some throws in the fourth quarter, he made them. Michael Penix missed a couple big chances, and that's just. I mean, if if he hits that corner route in the second quarter to Roma Dunze, he scores. Maybe the game looks a lot different, Ryan. They had kind of get Dunze some of them. in the end zone too. So. Yeah, but like well, I think it was, was I think it was seventeen three. It was the yeah. drive or two before the final four, second quarter touchdown made seventeen ten. If it's a seventeen seventeen game and it going to the third third quarter, maybe, maybe things are different. Maybe they're, maybe they're not. Maybe the final score is thirty four to twenty instead of thirty four to thirteen. I don't know. Yeah, but the fact is we don't know because he didn't make that throw, and Michigan's yep. guys did make those plays. Simple as that. Now there's some bad officiating. All I get all that, but that's not why the game. That's not the only reason the game turned out the way they did. You you can't just look for those yeah. things to take away credit from Michigan. You know those were it was a horribly officiated game. There's no doubt. But Michigan, it doesn't change the fact that Michigan was still the more physical team, the better coach team, the better team that executed better. Just the way that it is. And I hate to say it. Trust me, makes me want to throw up when I say it, but it's the reality of it. And. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's Jason, Jason, Jason DeWilkins with a question. Question for Ryan mostly. Based on the amount of times he's been on campus, I'm surprised Owen Strebig doesn't have mail delivered to Notre Dame yet. And yet, nothing still as far as commitments. Uh, Jason, I mean, it's been pretty consistent. Every time you talk to Owen, it's always kind of the same thing. I want to take officials first, and then I'll make a decision. I've said, though, in the past, I, I still think that that can change, ultimately. I do. Like, he's coming back, and I reported yesterday. He's coming back for the junior day, which is on January 20th. So is it possible that another great visit could finally push it to, you know, just make a decision sooner? It's possible. I mean, but if you talk to Owen, he's just kind of – He's very meticulous, and I think that he is just trying to do his due diligence. And I, I mean, is it is Notre Dame the clear front runner there? Absolutely, there's zero question about that one. If if Owen Strebig picked today, would it be Notre Dame? I believe it would be. Yes, absolutely. So I think you know it's it's tough to be patient sometimes, but it's the kid's process. He's doing what he thinks is right. Ultimately, it could be after official visits this off season. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit sooner. So, yeah, sixth visit back to Notre Dame for Owen Streetbeg, by the way. Ryan, I was going to – have you had a chance to watch Jack Lang yet? I did, yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, he's very talented. I mean, he's got a lot of room to grow from a physical perspective. I mean, he's only about 270 pounds. I know he's listed at 275, but, like, I'm not buying that 275 even right now. I mean, he's got a lot of room to grow. He's got talent for sure. Yeah, I I kind of look at this offensive line class and I start I start thinking to myself like man like there are some really impressive raw tools on the board right now and I'm very curious kind of what they're going to do because when I mean, you've got Will Blackhart in the class obviously yeah. Owen Street was a top recruit I didn't I didn't I wasn't blown completely away by his junior film but I haven't got any game film yet uh, I I but his talent is really impressive you've got jack lang who's whose talent i like a lot but he's he's a work in progress but very talented and then you've got maddie augustine yeah. plus josh pay those are all tackles you yeah. know what i mean and it's like the maddie augustine recruitment's a little bit odd right now too by the way yeah but yeah so it's like weird. do you take all four of those guys knowing that maybe some of them can move to guard but they're all like six 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 eight six to six seven I, six eight guys you know what i, I mean i, th- I think will black could play guard i think will black could definitely play guard yeah. but yeah i think lang could at mentioned in time i think he's got the demeanor for it if his body can grow but it's an it's an interesting cycle because i know that josh petty they're looking for I do think they go to four. I know early on they talked about only taking yeah. three, but I just I don't see them turning down any of the three tackles that I just mentioned. Like I don't see if they if they land Maddie Augustine and Jack Lang hypothetically, I don't see them saying sorry, Owen, you don't have a spot. And I, same thing if they land Owen and Maddie Augustine, I don't see them saying to Lang no or you know what I mean. Like I yeah. just don't see that. It, it but at the same time, it's like there's going to be some progression, some projection to other positions, but. And there's a lot of raw tools in that group, Ryan. A lot of raw yep. tools. None of them are like right now dominant Charles Jagasol senior year types. Maybe they will as seniors. But, man, there's a lot of tools and athleticism in that group. I really like that group quite a bit. I just wasn't yep. sure because Lang's kind of a new name. I wasn't sure if you'd had a chance to see him yet. 
Yep, I watched him. Missouri kid. John A1, thank you so much for the super chat, my friend. Really appreciate it. How would you compare Chris Tyree to Jaden Harrison? Has the Notre Dame wide receiver portal hall successfully placed the, the wide receiver portal losses? I haven't seen Harrison yet, John, so this will be a Brian mm-hmm. question, I suppose. There's there's some I mean Chris Tyree was a bit more of a short strider. Their speed is the same. Like to me, the highlights that I've seen, honestly, I see a kid that's got some straight line speed for his big plays, but he just he looks a little different. He's a strong looking athlete. Like he looks he's definitely noticeably bigger than Chris Tyree. There's no doubt about that. But it's kind of hard to say how he compares Ryan, just because I haven't really dove into any film of him as a receiver. I've only seen his return stuff so far. So I can't really compare them in that regard. So I just know that he's fast. I can, I can say that comfortably. He's very fast. Uh, He looks to be a, a little similar to Chris Tyree, however, from the standpoint of more this than this. You know what I mean? From what I've seen of him mm-hmm. as a returner. But you kind of want a kick returner. You don't want a kick returner dancing a lot. You want a guy that's cut and go. And that's what he's done. So I would just have to watch a little bit more film, John, to really be comfortable saying that. But even without Jaden Harrison in the conversation, I think Notre Dame has more than overcome their portal losses. Because yeah, it's not – it's, you know, to me, in 2024, who would be better? Bo Collins and Chris Mitchell or Rico Flores and Chris Tyree like and Braylon James. I, I, I'd still take the Chris Mitchell, Bo Collins group. Plus you're going to add a healthier Deion Colsey, a healthy uh, Jaden Thomas. You're talking about a healthy KK Smith. I just think overall the receiving core is going to be a lot better next year than it was this year. Right it would have been better if those kids came back and you didn't have any new additions either, but I think this gives you a higher ceiling in 2024. And I also think that the makeup of the receiving core is better, Ryan, because you could say, okay, well, I think Chris Tyree and Braylon James and Rico Flores have more talent than Bo Collins. Okay. I don't necessarily agree with that. Like, but here's the thing I know Bo Collins positionally gives you something you didn't really have in 2024. And you won't have if Deion Colsey gets hurt again. He gives you that bigger-bodied kid that you can put into the boundary. And in a Mike Denbrock offense, Ryan, you're you're going to see – and we talked about this yesterday. Notre Dame's offense under, under Tommy Reese and in 2022 and Jared Parker this past year was very tight end, slot-oriented offense. Very much so. Mike Denbrock's offense at Cincinnati, at Notre Dame, and even at LSU was much more of an outside receiver dominant offense. This doesn't mean the inside's not important. It just means – you got to have dudes outside for this offense to really work. And does Notre Dame have sure. a lot of outside dudes? They had a lot of slot guys that had to play outside. But with Bo Collins, with Chris Mitchell, if Deion Colsey's healthier, that's three natural outside receivers that, to me, makes the makeup of the room better suited to complement each other as opposed to last year. You were having to play guys that aren't natural outside guys outside. And if Rico Flores, Chris Tyree, and Braylon James were all back, you know, Braylon's an outside guy, but the other two are not great outside receivers. They're inside guys. And so I think the makeup, the complementary nature of the receiving core is much better now. And I that's not arguable. What's debatable 
is, okay, do you think these players would have been better than those players? I mean, that's debatable, I think. I don't think – I think they're going to be more talented at receiver next year. Not just because of the portal additions, but Jaden Greathouse is going to be a sophomore. Jordan Faison is yep. going to be a sophomore. You're adding Cam Williams, who's better than all the kids they lost, to be honest with you. So it's just overall, Notre Dame's going to have – I mean, you lost Jaden. I mean, you lost Rico. You lost Tyree. You lost Braylon James. That's it, right? Matt Salerno. Everybody else is back. And you've added Chris Mitchell, Bo Collins, Tobias. I don't know if you mentioned Tobias. Oh, Tobias. Tobias. Tobias is also gone, who I am very high on. But you lost those guys. You've replaced them with Chris Mitchell, Bo Collins, um, Jaden Harrison. We'll see about him as a receiver. I don't really count him yet because I don't know about a healthy Deion Colsey, Cam Williams, Micah Gilbert, KK Smith, and Logan Saldate. So, yes, it's a a net gain, just bodies. And then when you factor in that Great House is going to be older and Guys are getting healthier. It's not debate. The numbers are better. The talent's better, and it complements each other better. In in my opinion, and it's much more proven than this group was. Much more proven, no doubt about that. Yeah. Michael asked for the super chat. Michael, thank you so much. Michigan was never celebrated for recruiting coaches, quarterbacks like other majors. Yet won it all like other mojers. What's mojers? I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm not sure what that is. Sorry, I, Michael. I think- I'm thinking like majors, I, I guess. Maybe it's what I'm meant to be. Um, yeah, one at all. Explain well, how. Explain uh, how Because Explain they're how. very – I mean, we have. They're very well coached. Yep. They have yep. talent. And yep. they've – I mean, they, they built a great team. I mean, yeah, they 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 cheated. But, again, the cheating doesn't make Will Johnson a, a, a talented player. It doesn't make Michigan physical. It doesn't make them disciplined. It doesn't – you made a great point earlier, right? Cheating does not is not why they kept making in space tackles against Jalen McMillan and Roma Dunze that right. nobody else could make this year. Yeah, it, it doesn't. You can say say whatever you want about all that, but it just it just doesn't. It's not why you physically blew Washington off the ball. It's not why Kenneth yeah. Grant took the left guard of Washington and drove him into the quarterback. It's not because he knew the play. He just ran. I kicked your butt. That's what I did. I, I kicked your butt. Yeah. And yeah. and that's what Michigan did. They're very fundamentally sound. They're, they are schemed incredibly well on both sides of the ball, and they have good players. Do they have the most talented roster in college football this year? I don't believe so. But I also think they have a, a much more talented roster than maybe maybe some fans are willing to give them, including me, to be honest with you. I, I still I still am floored that Michigan was good enough to win the title. I did not see that coming. I didn't. Talking about what I thought they were going to be coming into the season. They did what they needed to do. Uh, very good coaching. Very good player development. And they, it just goes to show that we shouldn't always focus on what high school rankings are coming out of high school. Right. Just, well, I mean, the, the biggest difference is what they were able to do up front. I mean, on both sides of the football, they were able to run for 300 yards and they were able to absolutely decimate the pocket for Michael Penix, which is most important. And mm-hmm. the cheating thing has nothing to do with on third and two, I think it was at one point in the game, they were trying to just drive block Mason Graham off the ball and they couldn't. Do it, folks. Like you just can't move them. It wasn't a stunt and a twist where you knew something was coming and you diagrammed it perfectly. Just it was better than them. Like he was just straight up better than them. The offensive line, like it wasn't like they were just running zone, man. Like they were just running zone and and split zone. Like it wasn't anything fancy. It was just they were better. I mean, ultimately. So yeah, I just think they were a better team. That's all. Ryan, can I ask you a question? A couple questions here. NFL draft questions. Chris Jenkins, what kind of NFL prospect yeah. is he? Like what what like draft range? 
so, some people like him day two. I don't know. I haven't watched enough of him yet. Mm-hmm. Mason Graham, do you see him being a future? Oh, NFL he's player? gonna be a, he's gonna be a dude next year. Yeah, right. he's gonna be a dude. Yeah. Chris Jenkins was a consensus three star recruit. Yep. Was ranked by two four seven Sports uh, as the number five hundred thirteen player in the country. Mason Graham was the highest ranking he had was a number 162 by rivals, number 209 by 247 sports. ESPN and on three both ranked him as a three-star player. He was ranked he was coming a, out of high school as the yeah. number 247 player in the country by 247 and 298 by on three. I would say he, was, he's a, he plays he a De La Salle kid. He was a Cali kid, right? Uh, he was a sir. I think he was from Servite. Servite. Might have been. Uh, let me yeah. see here real quick. Yeah, I think he was a Servite kid. Yeah, he was a Servite kid. Um, but he's turned into a dude at at Michigan, and I, I could do this game all this play, play this game all day. Will Johnson was a five star, but a lot of yeah. their best players, Ryan, were, were not that kind of guy. But does does Mason Graham play like the five stars at Bama? Yes, he does. And I'll yeah. say it for the millionth time: you need elite players to win in college football. But not all elite players were elite high school recruits. They just weren't. Some were, some aren't. Joe Walt yeah. was not an elite recruit, but he's turned into an elite player. And that's what matters. And so, I mean, look, I mean, gosh, Mason Graham, right? I mean, he kicked the crap out of Alabama. He kicked the crap out of Washington. Kenneth Grant comes out and has a big play last night. And he was a three-star recruit by ESPN and rivals, not in the top two four twenty-four-seven. And I watched him just throw a guard, a 300-plus-pound guard, into Michael Penix last night. I mean, well, hopes, you know. Helps, so. helps being 370 pounds or whatever the heck he Yeah. Is, oh, no boy. doubt. <laughs> I mean, the guy he tossed was like 330. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the point is, is like they build a great team. That's what they did. Like it or yeah. not, they build a great team. And that's how they won it last night. But, again, they were coached very, very well. Yes. Yep. No doubt. We had Leighton Burkholder. Thank you so much for the question. How speedy is the new transfer, Jaden Harrison? So I was told today that he's a 4-3, high 4-3, 4-4 kind of guy. Uh, very, very good straight line speed, Ryan. You can see that on the kick return stuff. I still have to watch mm-hmm. more film to see how well that translates to receiver. but Because his receiver production has just been kind of okay. But, um, yeah. you know... Uh, Definitely, you can see it on the highlights and, and different game stuff. He's a very dynamic, straight ahead guy. That you know, like I said, you know, but like, look, Notre Dame, Notre Dame was their kick return game this year was weird because Jadarian Price averaged thirty four yards per kick return this year. But as you said, Ryan, it was very inconsistent, more so from a yeah. blocking standpoint than anything. But you're gonna you're gonna be needing him a lot more on offense next year. So if you can take a little, you know, take a little bit off his shoulders and and bring in sort of a guy that maybe is a little bit more of a specialist. But here's the thing. I thought the kid from Iowa a couple of years ago that went to Purdue, I mean, they recruited him to be a return spell. I didn't think he was going to be much oh, of a receiver because he yeah, he wasn't much of a receiver at Iowa. He was a return specialist. And then he goes to Purdue and he's a thousand yard receiver. You know, and it's yeah. just like you never know. You never know. But yeah. at the very least, he's going to give you value as a returner. There's no sure. doubt. There's no doubt. All right. Last couple ones here, Ryan, before we get rolling. Christopher Hardy piggybacking off of the Tommy Reeves, Tommy Reeves versus Mike Denbrock question. If Tommy Reeves came in Marcus Freeman's first year, would Harry have come back? 
Probably not. Right? Maybe. I mean, that was maybe. A conversation, right? I, I, I think I think probably not. But the reason I say maybe is I know that they worked together and had a good relationship. And I think part of the reason Coach Easton came back is because he was trying to help with Chris Watt and develop Chris Watt. Mm-hmm. And and so maybe. I don't want to say no for sure, but maybe. If I had to pick yes or no, I'd probably say no. But I think it would be a conversation because I know there's a there's a lot of respect between the two of them. I know that Denbrock respects Harry Heastan a lot and vice versa. But I I I would I would if if you had to pin me down to yes or no, I'd I'd lean towards no on that one. And if he did come back, it would have prob it would have been primarily to help help Chris Watt continue to develop help Chris Watt as a coach. We had a question from Salty Virginia Peanuts says follow up on Sloppy Joe's mailbag question. Would Notre Dame have paid for Denbrock if Swarbrick's hadn't been blasted for not paying Andy Lugwood's buyout this year before? I mean, it's hard to say yes or no to that, Ryan. Do do, do I think that yeah. the only reason they paid that money was because of the embarrassment last year? No, I don't think that's the only reason why they did that. Do I think do what do can you convince me that in the back of their minds that wasn't part of it? No, you can't convince me of that either. But at the end of the day, I think they paid what they paid for Denbrock because the school is trying to make a commitment to winning. I think ultimately that's at the end of the day. I I, I highly doubt that Jack Swarbrick's going to spend the money he needed to spend on Mike Denbrock because his pride got hurt. I just, I highly doubt it. That doesn't mean, however, like I said, that it wasn't in the back of their mind. But if they sure. didn't want to spend the money, I think they probably still wouldn't have spent the money. And the way that it all went down, like – it's it's an interesting situation from what I was told last night, but they that there was never a doubt. So and again, it it wasn't as simple as they weren't willing to spend the money last year. It was a little bit more complicated than that. But at the end of the day, they handled it poorly. That that's the thing we can all agree on. So I think yep. there was incentive to get it right this year, but I think I think the bigger incentive to get it right is because they're trying to commit to winning because. Do, that if you were to say, okay, that's true for Denbrock, well, then what's the explanation for why they're committing so much to the strength program? Right. I think it just comes down to Ryan. They're they're trying to be more committed to winning. They have more money to work with that is being generated by the program. That's what I think it boils down to for me. So um, yeah, I just don't believe that to be to be the reason. So anyway. That's going to do it for today's show, everybody. Thank you all for joining us. I believe we are going to have 6 o'clock tonight, IB Nation Sports Talk. Sean will be back with you all tonight. Make sure you check that out. Before we go, do us a favor, everybody. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. If you're listening via podcast platform, we would love a five-star review. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. If you have not signed up for the message boards, do that. A lot of, a lot of good content on the message board. Uh, put a post up today kind of explaining about some changes that we are doing in regard to uh, how we're putting content on the board and, and things that we're trying to do to make absorbing content a little bit easier for our premium members uh, compared to what it is now. So some different th- different things on that. So take, take a shot or take a read of that and uh, you know how you, we're trying to help you, but we also, you know, continue to need your help to continue to grow and accomplish some of the things that we are trying to accomplish at Irish Breakdown. So definitely check that out. So for Ryan, I'm Brian. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Not sure whether it's going to be 1 or 2 o'clock. If it's a solo show, go at 2. If Ryan and I are going to do something, we'll go at 1. We're, we just have to figure out that, get our schedules on the same page uh, for that one. So anyway, have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again very, very soon on the Irish Breakdown podcast. <laughs>
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.